What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I'm delighted. I've been la-di-da-din. Not a lot of thoughts when I ponder from the top. Man, these boys, they be podding. I trust them like a lot. And they told me that I get it. Guess what? I got it. You should do it too. You will never lose. If you ever do, must have been a ruse. Ricky, that's my dude. Stoops are super cool. Sharks up in the pool. I've been sparking up my tools. I've been looking to win. Spend a little again. I've been first fiddled it in. My God, I riddled again. I told them stop clowning around. They said what goes up comes down. I said I'm down with the sickness. My team stay ill now. Come get this. I'm just so David and light. I stay ready tonight. Deep dive, we rise. That's the melee, alright. De- David delight. De- David delight. Da 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 David delight. Hey. Welcome to another episode of the Debbie Delight. I am your host, Ricky Valera. On today's episode, we're going to continue our position and player profiles. We're going to tackle the wide receiver position inside the Big 12. As always, I am joined by my partner in crime, Stoops. How are you today, buddy? I'm doing great. Again, uh, before we started recording, we were just talking about that deep, deep Debbie uh, league that I'm in. But I'm most excited. <clears throat> Excuse me. We got our Debbie league going. Um, we got some some new guys in that have, have no Debbie experience. We have a couple that are at least... One, two, three plus years, you know, Debbie experience. So I'm excited to get that going. We're just, you see it on Twitter a lot where um, just trying to get the Debbie, you know, name or Debbie format out there more, uh, get some more people involved. So I'm definitely excited to to see how that one turns out. So me too, man. I'm, ex- I'm excited to uh, co-own a team with you so we can yeah. fight about who we're going to draft and who we're not going to draft. We're but, taking uh, Demond. Yeah. You know that, right? We're taking him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I already knew that was the question. I was like, you know, I'll sacrifice Demond Demas over here if you give me, you know, whatever. Yep. If we get Trevor Lawrence, I'll be happy. That's all I really care about. Well, he's going to have keep- to fall a couple <laughs> slots. Or we're gonna have to trade up. Just give me Slavis. You know there what I mean? Slavis or Lawrence, and I and and I'm hundred percent in. But I'm excited to continue with our player profiles. We're joined today by a special guest, a host of On the Clock NFL Draft Podcast, Damian Parsons. How are you, sir? I'm good, man. I'm good. Happy to be here. Uh happy that you guys invited me. 
Yeah, man. I'm, I'm excited. Um, these player profiles have been a lot of fun. Kind of digging into guys that I've really never – it's not that I haven't heard of them. You hear of them, but you don't really start diving into certain guys until you're right. watching the tape. What is some of your favorite things? I know I'm going to put you on the spot real quick, but uh, <laughs> right off the bat. When you're watching tape, how – like you watching one particular guy, right? Mm -hmm. And then it's like, holy cow, like what about that guy over there? Like isn't that the like the really fun part of, of really oh. watching certain tape? Absolutely. Uh, so like last year, coming into the 2020 draft, I was uh, studying uh, was it Tyler Johnson from Minnesota. And, you know, I heard a lot about him. So I was like, man, let me pop on the tape. It's, you know, a good route runner. Didn't have the best deep speed, but physical. Uh, to me, a premier slot, big slot receiver. But as I'm watching him, I'm constantly seeing his teammate. And I was like, man, you know, Rashad Bateman, like who's number 13? You know, I'm like, <laughs> number 13 is just popping over <laughs> and over and over again. So I'm like, I, it got to the point where I'm like, how do I, you know, I'm like, let me finish watching. Like I would legit have to rewatch the film just so I could then pay attention to Rashad Bateman like wholeheartedly. So, and, and to me, of course, as a prospect, Rashad Bateman is like levels above uh, Tyler Johnson. Um, and I expect him to be drafted much higher than Tyler Johnson as well. Um, but that's just kind of, that's like you said, that's the fun of it. Uh, just being able to watch, you know, you come in to see a certain a specific player, but it's just, you got to pay, you got to keep it, you know, like, like the coaches always say, keep your head on the swivel. You never know who you're going to see pop at what moment, whether it's a running back, a tight end, it could be a defensive back that he's facing. And you're like, okay, this guy's been playing some pretty, decent coverage all game. Let me start looking at his film going forward. Let me put him on my, on my uh, watch list. So like you said, it, it, that's the fun part about it, man. Just being able to, to, to catch everything. And then like I said, me, I'm, I have a notebook. I try to take as many notes as possible. Me as well. When I'm watching the, like, obviously my favorite position is to watch the quarterback position. No surprise there. But when I'm watching the quarterback, it's like, you see so many different wide receivers mm -hmm. and, and when you're watching a game, it's like, Oh man, he targeted him. How many times this game? And then it's like, you have to, you have to keep putting your eyes on him because if it's consistent, if you're watching game after game after game and this guy's garnering eight to 10 targets a game, it's not because it's because he's good. Right. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, you know, all right. So I'm going to, like you said, take a note over here. I'm going to write this guy's name, you know, name down. Whenever I get to the wide receiver position, he's now on that list. Now, when you're doing that, your list starts getting longer and longer. Yeah. And longer, <laughs> longer you <know? laughs> but you know what I mean? It, it is what it is. I mean, that's, it's all part of it. So, um, I'm excited to have you on the show, and uh, I'm going to let Stoops. You going to let you kick it off with the Big Twelve receiver that you're going to talk about this week. Yeah, I almost so said the Big Ten again. I almost said Big Ten. <laughs> the guy that I'm going to the guy that I'm going to touch base on um, is one that, that that most everyone has heard of, and usually we try and go kind of a different way. But I'm going to go about. I'm going to talk about Tylen Wallace, um, wide receiver out of Oklahoma State. So he was a four star prospect coming out of high school. Uh, he was the 121st ranked player in his class and the 17th ranked wide receiver. Um, and the 20th ranked player in the state of Texas, the great state of Texas, I might say. Um, six foot, 185. So size-wise, um, the height I'm not totally concerned with, obviously. Weight, I'd love to see a little bit more weight put on him. Um, I don't think – and I don't think it would change his, his playing style too, too much. So hopefully he's able to, to put on a few more pounds. But nonetheless, he, he definitely makes do with what he's got. So when you look at his, his – um, 2019 red zone um, production, or really his just production across the whole entire field, but he only had 11 targets inside the red zone. So he he um, 
didn't see the ball a whole lot, and he had four receptions, but he had two of them were for touchdowns. So definitely four catches, two touchdowns. I like seeing that. But when you're going outside the red zone, 69 targets, uh, 49 receptions for 848 yards and six touchdowns. So he definitely gets the – once the ball's in his hand, he definitely is making some plays. When you look at his career red zone, though, 25 targets, 13 receptions, uh, 91 receiving yards, and seven touchdowns. So inside the red zone, he's making it happen. He even has a rushing touchdown inside the red zone. So I'm definitely a huge, huge fan of that. When you look at the touches by yardage in 2019 – so he obviously ha had the, the injury, right? He, I think it was in the Iowa State game, um, or right. At, it was actually after the practices or somewhere around that time. I don't remember. He basically had the knee injury, so he missed the rest of the season. So he was a little bit more limited in his, his games, didn't have a full season. But 2019 touches by yards. He only had one negative play. They ran a lot of um, like wide receiver screens with him, and um, it, obviously that can result in a negative play. So um, 54 total catches, but 13 of his touches went for 21 plus yards. That's 24.1% of his plays or his touches. I'm sorry, that, that went for 21 plus yards. That's huge. And 61%, 61.1% of them went for eight plus yards. So when he has the ball in his hands, his yards after catch is just phenomenal. Um, I, I love that he has the ability to just make a play, just get the ball into his hands. We say that all the time, whether it's receiver, running back, even in some cases, tight ends, right? There's those athletic tight ends out there. You just get the ball into any of their hands, and they're a playmaker. They're going to make it happen, and that's just something you absolutely want to see, especially going into the next level. Looked at his um, career down and distance performance. First and 10, that's, to me, a big mark for a top-notch receiver. What, what can they do on first and 10? You know, Because more often than not, you're going to kind of try and take a shot, You know, maybe not a deep shot, but you're going you're gonna to throw the ball quite a bit. So he's got 78 targets, 49 receptions, 860 receiving yards, and seven touchdowns on first and 10 and 26 first downs. So he's getting the job done on first and 10. They're giving him the opportunities, and I, continue, or I expect that to continue this season for sure. Um, second and medium even, right? So you're looking, you got the, that short yardage there trying to gain that first down. 32 targets, 27 receptions. That's 84.4 catch percent there. That's absolutely phenomenal. 499 receiving yards and four touchdowns, 17 first downs. So he's converting pretty frequently um, for that offense to keep the drives going and, and everything in that aspect. I looked at his 2019 game log, right? So you look at his numbers as a whole, and you're kind of just like, man, they're they're good, right? They're, they're obviously not awful numbers, but you're kind of like, man, I expect more, seeing as how he had, what, 14, almost 1,500 receiving yards um, in his sophomore season with 12 receiving touchdowns. But again, not having a full year, obviously, is not going to get him to that number. But when you look at it, he had 92 receiving yards, 180, 118, 83, 145, 85, 69, which was his worst game, and 131. Most receivers out there, not most, I should say, but quite a few, 69 yards might be their best game, right? So the fact that that's his worst game, I'm perfectly fine with that. And against um, McNeese, you know, which, you know, they're not going to be obviously a top-notch program uh, necessarily, but 180 receiving yards and three touchdowns. So he just, he did what he was supposed to do. That Again, that's another thing we talk about. You want to see what they do whenever they go out there against the lesser competition, and they should perform, right? They should do that. So I love seeing that. Kansas State, he had 145 receiving yards, and then Iowa State, he had 131 yards uh, and one touchdown. So that was I watched that film um, pretty in-depth, and I was very impressed with what I saw. There was the one play. It was in the first quarter. Um, I actually think it was, like on, it was on their second drive, I believe, and about the third, fourth play into it. 
gave it to him on a short little little pass and yards after catch, right? He took a big hit and then just was gone. Um, and that's a big thing I noticed. He's a physical guy. For only being six foot 185, he can take a hit and absorb it without even getting pushed back too far, um, which is something I like to see as well. So takes the hits and rarely goes down on first down. Oh, I'm sorry, on first contact. So I loved seeing that, especially from someone that his size. Um, he's quick. Uh, I see a lot of them where he's running past the defenders quite often. Um, and they're even forcing he, – he's basically forced them to put double coverage on him, and he's still making plays. Um, another thing I noticed, he is great at adjusting to the ball. Um, there's times where the pass may be thrown, you know, a little to the left, a little to the right. And he has to kind of spin his body around quite a bit and he's still making catches. So I just watching his film, um, it, it spoke, spoke to me. And I, I just, I was a big, big fan. I am a big fan, have been a big fan, but the more I watch on him, the more of a believer that I am compared to even what I was before. Right. So I like his route running. Um, I know that that's something that can always be taught a little bit more as far as little nuances that, that make it a little, you know, head movements or, or even just kind of swing your arms one way or the other that fake the defender out. I think he's got that already, but there's still room for improvement. Um, he's aggressive in his cuts, which I love to see. He gets there and he's ready and he turns his head quick to look for the ball because a lot of times, especially at the NFL, that ball's already in the air before you even turn. So you've got to turn your head around quick. Um, and I see him doing that now. So and I think once he gets the the chemistry with Sanders, especially this year, and I think Sanders is going to improve as a passer as well now that he's had the full season under his belt. He's, albeit a weird off season, but he, he's still got, you know, they're still out there training in some fashion. So I think Oklahoma State's a team to to really, really watch out for. And I've been saying that for, for quite a while, but I think Tylen Wallace is going to go back to basically his form of that 1,400, almost 1,500 receiving yards, 12 touchdowns, um, and he had 51 first downs in his sophomore season. I think we're going to see something closer to that, assuming we have a full season of sorts. Um, but, I mean, his dominator ratings were, were, were phenomenal. He's averaging 34.8% dominator rating for the past two seasons, and that's that's an absolute amazing number. So, overall, huge fan. Definitely draft him in, in your Debbie, your Debbie leagues. And I've even noticed he, and it's because of the injury, but he's not going as high as I, I think he should be, but um, definitely someone you should, you should be looking into and definitely someone you should snatch up whenever you uh, have that opportunity. DP, what are your thoughts on Tyler Wallace? Uh, I love, Ty, I love Tyler Wallace, man. Um, it, it hurt me. So I wanted him to uh, declare for the draft, but suffering that ACL. And then of course, being in such a loaded uh, wide receiver draft that we just went through, I totally understood trying to go back because at the end of the day, reality is he would have been dinged for the injury. He would have mm -hmm. probably fallen further than he'd like uh, or further than he probably heard from the uh, the draft board were he healthy. So I totally understand his reason to going back. So you cut, if we do have the 2020 season, uh, you know, dealing with COVID and everything, we have this season – He's somebody I'm definitely keeping my eyes on, watching his improvement, seeing how healthy he is after, I believe it was the ACL tear. Um, like I said, he's to me, he's a three-level receiver. He can beat you uh, underneath, intermediate, and over the top. Mm -hmm. uh, like you like, like you uh, mentioned, Stoops, he, despite being 185, 190, he, he has a solid frame. So when you see him take on those defenders, like we've seen on film, it's not it's – not, uh, to me, it wasn't shocking to see him bounce off of tackles. He plays with a little bit of aggression as well. Uh, when you actually see him, uh, I forget, uh, forget what team it was, but he broke free and he stiff-armed like two guys and, and took it to the house. 
he plays with a, a physical attitude as well, as well as just going. And one thing I love about him, he's great hands. Goes up, snatches the ball at the top of the ladder. Because um, I, I always like to say, man, when you have guys that can go up for the football, um, at, at, at the same time, quarterbacks want to put the ball where the kids can't get it. You want to put it up there and, and allow your receiver to climb that ladder, bring it down, and he could do that as well. So I think he is a – to me, he is legitimately – one of the receivers. I didn't mention him. Uh, a lot of people hit me up when I uh, did my article for the chase for wide receiver one uh, via the Crocker report uh, last week. I, I mentioned, of course, Jamar Chase is, you know, he was the whole reason for the article, but um, I didn't mention Tyler Wallace. A lot of people were like, you know, why didn't you mention? Him? I was like, well, I thought about it. I was like, I did. But for me, I just looked at Jalen Waddle, Rondell Moore, Rashad Bateman, and my sleeper is a uh, scary Terry. Tamori and Terry from Florida State, yep. um, you know, just a legitimate freak of nature. Uh, I was like, man, you know, I, I love Tylen, but I just I went with those four guys. So um, Tylen is a, he, he's a really good prospect, and I really hope we have the 2020 season because I want to see him put get back on the field and just shine. Him, Chuba, Spencer, they have a really good shot. I know everybody's you know a lot of people are hype on Oklahoma with Spencer Rattler, but they have a really good chance of winning the Big 12. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree as well. That Big 12, I think the Big 12 is kind of wide open. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yep. You, you know, you have Texas. Are, is Texas just going to be what Texas always is? You know, they, they have the hype. You know, you the hype's there, the hype's there, the hype's there, and then they just let everybody down. It's like the, their MO right now. You yeah. know what I mean? It, it consistently every year, you know, they're topped up. You know, they've got, oh, my God, they've got 10 five-star prospects on that defense. And then, like, you know, man, we don't know what happened. quarterback position, man. Yeah. Sam, Sam <laughs> Ellinger, yeah, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of Sam. I'll tell you yeah. that now. So Sam's that, been that there for 150 ball. years. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> He's been there a while. He's definitely been there a while. And, uh, you know, I don't really see the pro- the progression just isn't there for me. Yeah, he has, he's very high and low, and it's, yeah. it's when it's low, it's it's it's, it's low. low. <laughs> it's low. <laughs> so, all right, I'm going to transition to the receiver. I'm going to talk about is uh, Tyreek Milton, Iowa State, five ten, one eighty three, three star prospect. Um, stat line last year was pretty solid: thirty five catches, seven twenty two, three touchdowns. His twenty point six yards per catch last year were second in the Big Twelve, behind only CD Lamb, and he was seventh overall in the entire country on yards per catch. His Yards per catch jumped an insane eight yards from 18 to 19. Um, that, to me, is something that just blows my mind. Like, you know, that's one of those things. You see guys fluctuate their yards per catch, you know, a couple yards here and there. But yeah. eight yards, that is almost a first down per catch that he was averaging more. I mean, I think he had the same amount of catches in 18 as he did in 19, or, you know, give or take one or two. And the, he had 300 more yards this year. Um, it was something crazy to think. 19 of his 35 catches resulted in first downs. 40% of his 35 catches last year went for 21 or more yards. Um, this kind of showcases to you that this guy is a playmaker. He had a pair of 73-yard touchdowns. And when I mean 73-yard touchdowns, folks, I'm talking he caught the ball about 20 yards down the field, and he took it to the house about the, the remaining 50. This guy is fast. Milton is one of the – he's just – I don't know how fast he's going to be in that 40, right? You know what I mean? I don't judge a guy by that. But his football field speed, yeah. man, he yeah. just he just runs right by. And there's guys that you will watch, especially on one of the 73-yard touchdown catches he had. He's running down the sideline, and this cornerback, he has the angle on him, right? He's got the angle. And you're like, he's done. And there's like 10 more steps that he just – you know, it's impressive. The speed is insane to me. Um 
Then, of course, he had a 40-yard touchdown as well. All three of his touchdowns went for 40, 73, 73 last year. Um, insane to think about as well. Um, they utilized this kid to jumpstart drives, right? So 53 targets last year, 43 of them came on first and second down. 29 of those came on first down. Now, this is an insane stat. This is why he is targeted so much on first down. He averaged 20.4 yards per catch on first down. On When he caught the ball, 20 yards on first down. Okay, now again, this is the same, but it gets better. On second down, he averaged 26.4 yards per catch. Okay, now that was a little bit smaller sample. He had 20 catches on, on, on first down. I think he only had about 11 on second down. But still, jump start the drive with this kid. You know what I mean? Get the ball in his hands. But there's a few things that you'll notice whenever I'm watching his tape, okay? His ability to find that hole, that little pocket in the defense is mm – -hmm. I compared it. I was talking, I was texting Stoops early in the week about it. It reminds me of what Julian Edelman does, right? Julian Edelman, Wes Welker, those guys. They're able to always find that little pocket in the defense, fall down, catch the ball. You know, he doesn't fall down. Milton just takes it another, you know, 15, 20 yards. But he finds that little pocket in the defense so that Purdy has that little security blanket, right? He finds him in that, you know, finds that spot, catches it, and then just gets a couple extra yards. It's it's crazy to watch him do that and his ability to find the soft spot in the coverage. He's really scrappy for his size. 5'10", 183, even like we are talking about Wallace. Well, he's a small guy, but he's not easy to go down. There's one play. I saw that kid take a hit. And I swear to you, if I would have taken that hit, I would have been I would have been done for the rest of my life. He popped right back up. Was like, "What's up, guys?" Like nothing ever happened. You know what I mean? Um, his footwork off the line is nasty. There's several times where you watch him. He'll take a step or two, and and as fast as he is, once all it takes is that one two step for him to be past that cornerback because of how fast he is. He's a burner, obviously. Just put the ball in his hands, and he's going to go places. Um, he's got a great set of hands. Purdy utilizes him all over the football field. There's not a place in the football field when I'm watching him where he's not catching the ball, whether it's five yards, whether it's 15 yards, whether it's 20 yards down the football field. He's finding Milton, and he's finding him a lot. He's a dangerous punt returner as well. Um, he doesn't have – I think he had like 10 or 15 of them last year. He averaged, I think, like 15 or 20 yards. He has the capability to burn down the sidelines. Um, it, it, it's, it's, he's going to be a playmaker in the next level. My biggest question, obviously, is going to be for him. Will he translate to the NFL weekly to matter in fantasy football, right? That's the big key. That's what we're talking about right now. And I'm not sure that's going to happen right away. But for a guy that averages 20 yards per carry, He's going to automatically be the punt returner when he's drafted, right? He's going to be that guy. They're going to draft him for that. But when you start making plays on special teams, when you start making plays going down, you start returning things for touch. It's like Devin Hester. You know what I mean? And I'm not comparing mm -hmm. the two, but it's just like Hester. Hester was a punt return, kick return. That's all he was. But then they started getting him the ball because they're like, well, if, we, if he could do that on the punt return, what can he do with the, you know, at the wide receiver position as well? But I'm not sure how he will be. As a consistent fantasy contributor right now, another season is built. Another season, you know, we're pretty at quarterback. It's going to be interesting to see what the chemistry is. I would like to see his, you know, obviously barring a season here, I would love to see his numbers come up a little bit more. I would love to see, mm -hmm. you know, maybe 60, 70 targets. I mean, you have got to utilize a guy that had 29 targets, 20 catches on first down and averaged 20 yards per catch, right? You've got to utilize that more and more. Uh, maybe defenses figure it out, but then that opens up another guy. You know what I'm saying? So for me, he reminds you of like a hybrid version of like a Tyreek and Julian Edelman. You know what I mean? Like I said, I mentioned Julian Edelman earlier. Tyreek, he's a burner. But the thing about it is, is his route running is something that really impressed me. And I think that he is, is if he, again, steps up again, this guy's not a guy that's being talked about in the top 10 wide receivers in, in this class, right? But maybe he belongs in that conversation. Maybe he belongs in that top 15. You know what I'm saying? It, it's, 
there's that there's that gap there. But top 15 guy drafted in a draft can still be a contributor in fantasy aspects as well. So I like Milton, uh, a guy that I, I knew very, very little about before diving into him this week. So very happy that I chose this guy because, you know, I learned a lot and watched some, some tape of this kid, and he's really, really good. Uh, DP, your thoughts on Milton? Uh, I like Milton. Uh, when I popped on tape, the first thing that I legitimately said was speed. Uh, the first yep. thing I wrote down was speed. His speed is incredible. What, what, you know, watching him split defenders, beating angles. Uh, I, I, I can't remember which game it was. He caught a – it was a short. I think it was like a slant or a curl. And when he – like you immediately see the burst. Like yep. some guys you hear, okay, this guy's fast. This guy's bursty. He has the explosion. But to – see him to see a player split defenders that are running full speed. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like that, that, that right there tells you everything you need to know when it comes down to their ability uh, and their lower body explosion, you know? um, And and that was the first thing that came to my mind. Uh, Of course, like with most big 12 receivers, didn't face a lot of press. Uh, I want to see him, how he handles. uh, Cause that was my, I'm not gonna lie. That was one of my knocks on CD lamb. Uh, A lot of people, you know, I think differently than the consensus. I always will. Uh, that's just who I am. Um, I, I always look at what players can get better at. And CeeDee Lamb didn't face a lot of press. Um, and, you know, his press reps were kind of hit and miss to me. So uh, when I see – when I'm looking at at, uh, at him, I want to see him face press a little more. Because uh, one thing about it, you cannot – with his speed, you cannot give him free releases. We've wow. seen – you watch the tape, you will see that. You give him free <laughs> releases, he is going to make you pay for that. What you have to do, especially with the timing that him and Brock Purdy has, and I think you know going into 2020, we have the season that timing will should be better as well. Um, they have a, a really good underrated running back, uh, Brees Hall, back there as well. So with that RPO game, with that play action game, you start having those those linebackers and those safeties step forward to try and stop the run. Brock Purdy's going right over the top of you, and that's 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 yep. the. That's the brilliant, the, the the brilliance of play calling and you know calling the right plays and, and, and using your play utilizing your players correctly. So when I'm looking at him, man, like I said, speed, uh, he runs good routes, uh, good releases, uh, you know, when it comes down to uh playing off coverage. You know, he he sells, he's a good salesman. You know, of course, when you think of a guy with his speed, you're expecting him to try and run by you every time. He does he does the, the little things well, head fakes, um, you know, how he plants his feet, different things yep. like that, the stem of his routes. So I think he he could really open a lot of eyes if we have this 2020 season because it, every year we always go through, you know, you have the preseason rankings. And then as you get closer, just like I talked about in my article, no, I mean, everyone knew who Henry Ruggs was last year, but the consensus was Jerry Judy was the top receiver in college football. Jamar Chase won the Belitnikoff Award, but coming into the draft, it was, it was supposed to be Jerry Judy, CeeDee Lamb. Henry Ruggs went first over first when it came down to the receivers. So anything is possible. It's all, it's all about team fit. If, mm-hmm. it, it, you know what I'm saying? Henry Ruggs, a lot of people, yeah, Henry Ruggs is not better than CeeDee Lamb or Jerry Judy as a prospect, but what he will bring to Oakland's offense is what they needed, something that Judy and Lamb wouldn't bring. So yeah. when, when you're looking at it, Milton will bring something that Tylen Wallace won't bring. He will bring something that, that Rashard Bateman Somewhat brings, but of course we gotta see how see how their forties go and things like that. Ten yard splits, see how fast they are on record. But we both know that they're both burners. But still, you know, Jamar Chase, you know, while he's a physical specimen, 
he doesn't have that type of juice. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? You could you, he doesn't have that speed. That speed yep. is that's legitimate speed. So the sky the sky is the limit for this kid. So you know, going into twenty twenty one draft, like I said, I, I really hope we have the season because there's going to be a lot of guys that I'm watching to see if their game will allow them to rise up draft boards that we see every draft. So it's, it's like I said, if we have the 2020 season. It's going to be a lot of fun. I, really, every time you say, I hope we have the season or if we have yeah. the season, it really just break. It just, it breaks my heart a little bit. But then of course, yesterday the report comes out with all those players in Clemson. Clemson positive. Yep. I'm just like, Oh my God, please just, yeah. I'd rather not even see those reports. It's hurting my heart. You know, it's, I mean? hurt, it's hurting me too, man. I, I love the NFL, but uh, you know, for me, from a Scotland Scotland perspective, I you know I, I want as much college football as possible. <laughs> yeah, for me too. It's 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 a whole different beast, right? It's yeah. a, it's a lot funner to because as a scout, you know what I mean. It, you know, yeah. scouting these guys and and finding these little you know little guys that nobody else is talking about. You know, those are my favorite. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Stoops and I were Stoops and I were on that AGG bandwagon. You know, early oh, on too. last year, and it was like. <laughs> It's like, hey guys, let's not, you know. And think the crazy thing about him was, is like, what changed the aspect of the COVID world this year? Like, I felt like he would have rose up draft boards had he been able to have his pro days. You know what I mean? Yeah. A lot yeah. of those mm -hmm. small school, Adam Troutman. I think Adam Troutman was the best tight end in his class. But Me as well. the problem is, is with him, it was he didn't get to go to places. When we saw him down in the Senior Bowl, very soft spoken, very nice, very. But then he went out there and proved why he should have been the best tight end. And it's yeah. like a lot of people didn't get that one-on-one -on -one with him yes. that you, you – it, it, it makes a difference, it, oh, especially oh, when you go to a small school. You know what I mean? Like smaller school guys, you always get that, well, he's just a smaller school guy. And, yeah, of course. But when he went down to the senior bowl, those aren't smaller school guys that he's he's overtaking and, and, and making plays over. Right. You know what I mean? Exactly. And AGG kind of did that same thing. So – all right, a few more questions here for you. So some of the guys that obviously in the Big 12, you got the receivers. My question for you first right off the top, Denzel Mims is gone. What do you think about Tyquan Thornton kind of taking over that role? Obviously last year he had 45 catches, 782 yards, and five touchdowns. So it wasn't a slouch of a year. Right. What do you think about his prospects of, of potentially doing that? Um, I think, you know, Baylor is going to throw the football. You know, yeah. they're, they're gonna they're gonna throw the football. <laughs> that's Baylor. That's just that's just who they are. They've been that way for a long time now. Uh, I think the the opportunities for him are endless. You know, going into into this season, having an offense that is open, wide open, and now you have your the number one target. He's gone. Now you step into that role. It's all about answering the call now. You know, yep. getting on that field, showing those coaches, listen, I am your de facto number one. I will prove that every day in practice, every day in camp. And when we get on the field against the rest of these big 12 corners who are not going to press me, I'm going to show you every day, every week that I am the guy. And again, like we just talked about, being able to rise those draft, rise up on the draft boards, that he, he's in a perfect situation to put his name out there. Because when you go out there and he puts it, he puts it on tape, Guys, of course, are going to look at the stat sheets, look at his, look at, at at how many receptions, how many targets, how many yards. But then when you pop on the film, show that you can that you can dominate and you can win your one on one matchups. Because I'll tell you one thing about it: they play man, they do play man in the Big Twelve. They just don't play press man. So you're going to get those one on one opportunities, and that's where you have to flourish. You know, because at the end of the day, 
it, it, it speaks it speaks volumes if you have one-on-one opportunities and you don't you're not bracket covered you don't have a linebacker sitting underneath or safety over top it's just you in that corner mano a mano if you can't win that matchup that doesn't look good for your nfl draft stat <laughs> you have to win that matchup and for me i'm looking at him and he's in a perfect situation perfect situation to answer the call just go out there I'm not a big fan of the quarterback. Uh, not not the biggest fan, but I think he, like I said, it, they're in a, they're they are in a passing offense, and yep. the opportunities are endless for him. So he just got to go out there and prove it. Yeah, I'm not a I'm not a big fan of Charlie Brewer either. I just think nah. that he's he's just I think he's just in that offense that kind of translates because mm-hmm. they throw it so much so and much. it just <laughs> and, and for me. So I guess another question. So we talked about Milton. Uh, we talked about Wallace, and obviously now I just asked you about Thornton. Do you have anybody else in the Big 12? Obviously, you know, Charleston Rambo is a guy um, that, you know, we didn't talk about. Um, is there any other guys in the Big 12 that you're kind of keeping an eye out as a collective whole? Uh, yeah, so there's there's this uh, receiver at Texas Tech. Uh, I'm, try, I'm really good with names, but I'm going to try not to butcher this. Eric Izukanma. Uh, 6'3", 210. Uh, last year, he caught 42 passes for 664, four touchdowns. Um, he was only targeted 67 times, and he averaged almost 16 yards per catch. When I, when I look at him, you know, like I said, the size is there, right? You know, 6'3", 210, physical, uh, physical frame. He, his movement skills, you know, for a guy that, with his height and his length, he moves well, especially after the catch, uh, strong, strong-handed. The quarterback situation wasn't the best. They, I think they alternated quarterbacks mm-hmm. at Texas Tech. So it wasn't the best situation. But one thing I love about him, he catches with his hands. He catches away from his body. And like I said, I love the fact that because anytime you see big receivers, you don't expect them to be as agile or as quick and move. Uh, he, he does that. He makes guys miss. He knows how to stop and start. And those are things that are rare for big for bigger body receivers. And I, I don't know what he tests in the 40. But I think his speed is – he has pretty good speed for, for a long-leg, uh, big-body target. So he's a guy I'm really, you know, really looking forward to seeing this year because, again, I want to see him – I want to see how he answers the bill because I think he is their number one – he should be their number one receiver this year. And, you know, Texas Tech's going to throw the ball too. That's another, <laughs> yeah, that's another, that's another <laughs> offense that's like, listen, if you don't get your numbers in Texas Tech, you know, granted, the quarterback position, but they're going to throw it. No matter who the quarterback is, it could be the punter for all we know. They're gonna <laughs> toss it, and they don't care. And, and like I said, one thing with him—not just is he agile and quick for a big guy. For you know, he's not two twenty; he's two ten, six three. But he's also strong. You know, he throw he he can toss defenders off, break through those arm tackles, and we all know run after catches big in the NFL. You know, because yep. you yeah, you can separate, you can be fast, but at times you're gonna have to catch the ball. In tight coverage, you're gonna to have to break free and get away from defenders after the catch, and he does a good job of that as well. So I'm really intrigued by him because um, from a just from a specimen aspect, he is what you look for. You know, big, tall, long, and can really make plays. Um, I think it was a game against Oklahoma State. I believe he had uh, three catches for 92 yards. You know, TCU four catches, 91 yards um, against. Uh, I believe it was against Texas. He had seven catches, one thirty-five, and a touchdown. Like those are the things that you, those are the things you look for. And for me, he, Eric, I'm not going to even try to pronounce the last name again. Um, EE is definitely somebody yeah. on my list. <laughs> for sure, I, I saw his name. He's one of the guys that I thought about talking about. And I guess we'd be remiss not to talk about Texas as a collective whole, right? 
Um, you know, they got Eagles. See, for me, real quick, right off the back, and, and Stoops, I'll let you talk about it first as well, because you talked about the running backs as a collective whole last week of Texas as well. But, you know, you've got Jake Smith. You've got Brandon Eagles. They're another year in the system, right? Um, to me, this season's going to be important for that. You didn't have the entire offseason, so the guys that know the system have played in the system – this is your year to shine because you're not going to, you know, a lot of these guys might not lose their jobs right out the back to these freshmen and sophomores that are really, really, really good mm -hmm. because they don't know the system as well as some of these other guys. And then, of course, you had Tyreek Black transferring in as well um, from Michigan to come over to Texas. Um, Colin Johnson, Devin Duvernay are gone. Stoops, what do you think of the receiving core in Texas? I think it's 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 definitely potent the, the potential is there, right? I, I'm a big fan of Jake Smith. Um, he was kind of one of those. He was actually rated pretty highly um, coming out. Not one of the top tier guys necessarily, but um, he was definitely one of the top receivers. And he did what he needed to do last season. So I think he's going to definitely have a phenomenal season. Um, assuming Brandon Eagles, you know, touches the field. Um, I know he's, as he should, you know, he's, he's got his stance on things. Um, so he may or may not play. I'm not sure if there's been any other, you know, developments in that, that area, but um, yeah, having black come in is going to be phenomenal. They just, like you said, is Texas going to put it together, right? The talents there, it's a whole new coaching staff, essentially. I think actually hundred percent, except for the head coach. Um, it's the play calling that that's what I think this is going to come down to. So the players are there. The talent is there. Is the, are the coaches going to make the right plays right now? Obviously the players have to perform. They have to make it happen. But as I talked about with the running backs, right? It, it just, it, they didn't give them the opportunity to mix up the, the play calling, right? They didn't give the running backs the, the real opportunities in my opinion. So the receivers though, the talents there um, again, what kind of, what, what Sam are we going to see? Are we going to see the one that is the top-notch guy who can make every single throw and then, you know, he's throwing for 350 yards and three touchdowns? Or are we going to see the one where he gets rattled and he only had 150 pass, uh, yeah, passing yards, but he ran it for 100 yards, you know? So right. it, it's it's just who are we going to see behind, the, you know, behind, uh, behind center. But I like the receivers there, the talents there, even though, you know, losing uh, uh, Colin Johnson and, and Duvernay gone, I think the opportunities are there for everyone that's still, still suiting up. Yeah. DP? Ah, listen. Uh, Texas, man, they they have the they have the players, you know. Mm -hmm. That that's that's the that was always the frustrating thing for me. It's like you have the players, but you when you like for me coming into the season, I expected them to be a good program. Yep. And you know, they they were they were they were there for a little bit. The the Oklahoma game was probably the game that kind of set me back. You know, Sam, up until that game, Sam was looking pretty solid. And in that game, man, I mean, granted, Kenneth Murray was a wrecking ball, that linebacker of that game. And, and Neville Gallimore and, and the rest of those guys, defensively, they because of the way that they called the offense. Their offense was so frustrating for me because you got Devin Duvernay and Eagles. Devin Duvernay ran probably three routes at Texas last year. He ran the, the, the bubble screen, the smoke screen, and the, the slant, and maybe a drag or two or the over route. And, and you watch that game. Oklahoma had everything just they knew what was coming because the fact that it was so simplistic and so easy to catch on to. This year is going to – like I said, this year for me, I'm looking at Sam and it's like, hey, you got you got to put it together, big boy. Like you, <laughs> you're out here, you know, I've heard – I've heard – some people may call it disrespectful. I've heard some Tim Tebow esque, 
comps uh, when I when people talk about Sam Ellinger. Um, that's I think, look, take that how you will. That's it. I'm not going to tell you how you should take that, but uh, that's what you know. That's you know, I mean, it's never a, it's not a glowing review for me if I hear that. Uh, <laughs> no, not from an not. NFL aspect. I'm like, oh, no. Tebow. I'm like, oh God, no. Um, I'm good. If that's what I'm going to get, uh, I'll turn him into a fullback before that happens. Um, but I mean, like I said, he. He has weapons. Got you know one of the best uh, tackles. I think is uh, Sam uh, Cosme or Cosme, however you pronounce yeah. his last name. It, it, you know, offensive line is solid. Uh, good. Yeah, had underrated running backs. You know, a lot of people don't talk about the running backs in Texas like that. Um, and their defense was solid as well. He just has to put it together. Consistency is key for Sam. Consistency yeah. is mm-hmm. key, and that's something that is e- eluding him. It's evading him. It's like it's legitimately like he's trying to catch. He's trying to catch it in a bubble, and it's so hard for him to just find consistency. If he could be consistent game to game to game, like you said earlier at the top, it's peaks and valleys. And if he's high, he's high. But when he's low, he is he is like skipping rocks on the ground low. And it's like you got to be better. So that's one thing I'm looking at. I did want to mention um, that's another receiver that I wanted to highlight. Um, you know, Again, another passing offense. Uh, West Virginia, Sam James. Um, you know, he, he six, six foot 184. He's not the biggest guy, but uh, 60, yeah, he had crazy, like I said, passing offense 115 targets last year, only caught 69 of them, uh, for 677 yards. Um, <clears throat> I want to see an uptick in his yards per catch, and of course, his touchdowns. He had two touchdowns in the year, um, and he had 9.8 yards per reception. Those things have to improve. Now, when I'm, I was looking at his game log, and we talked about Texas Tech uh, just a moment ago with, uh, with EEEE. Let me not pronounce his name again. Um, uh, against Texas Tech, he, I mean, that was majority of his season. 14 catches, 223 yards, 60 <laughs> yards per catch. Like, he it, he destroyed Texas Tech. So that's the guy I'm, I'm looking at to see, okay, again, we talk about consistency, game to game. The, the targets are there, right? 115 yeah. targets are there. You need to convert. Your catch rate needs to be better than what it was in 2019. There's no reason for 150. And you can't put it all on the quarterback. Like, at some point, you know, you have to own up to it. 115 targets or only 69 catches? Yes, so there, there's a problem there. They're going to target you. Obviously, you are someone that they want to feature in their offense. You have to prove to be reliable at a higher rate than he was last year. So he's someone I'm looking forward to seeing because I want to see if he can do that. You know, if, if you get that 115 to 20 targets, can you go from 69 to 90 catches maybe? I'm good yeah. with that. You go, you jump yeah. to 90 receptions, 100, uh, 1,000 yards, 1,100 yards, seven, eight touchdowns. That, spell, that's, that spells good because then yeah. you can go to the NFL uh, draft uh, board and say, hey, what are my, what are my chances? What am I looking at here? Do I need to go back to college for another season or can I come out? Am I going to be a, th- a third or fourth round pick or do I need to go back and try to work towards being a, a second round pick? Cause I'm not going to lie. 2021 draft is probably just as deep as the 2020 draft mm-hmm. at receiver. So, yeah. Hey, I would say unless you have a like hundred catch, 1500 yard, 14 touchdown season, <laughs> you turn into Jamar uh, chase uh, from a year ago. Hey, all bets are off. You probably will go second round. But if you just have a, a good to solid year, he may need to go back. But he's someone I'm definitely keeping my eyes on. 
Yeah, I definitely like it. Uh, it, it is pretty crazy because it's like, you know, as we were dissecting last year's draft class, you start looking ahead, obviously. And then, of course, you know, you had the big three running backs go back. You know what I mean? So the running back class this year is is far and away better than this year's class was, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and then receivers, I think it's the same way. And then, of course, your top tier quarterbacks this year are better than last year's top tour quarterbacks as well. You know, it's going to be, but it's like every year I feel like we're like, this is the year. No, just yeah. kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> you know, next year is that year. But seriously, this wide receiver class kind of ranking the top 10 is hard. Yes. You know what I mean? After you get to like, you can have your preference of whoever's at one, two, three per se, but that like four through 10, it's like what I have to find just a few little things that I like better than this guy to put him above this guy. And it's really not that cut and dry with some of these guys, you know, the, the top enchilada guys, because I've seen probably 50 takes and you probably see, you know, it, it divides 15 guys have this guy at number one, 15 guys have this guy at number one, 15. And then it's like, well, why do you have that guy? Number one? I don't even know who that. No. Uh, and then it's like, you know, you have those guys. It's, it's, it's an insane uh, talent all the way around. So before we go top three receivers in the big 12 stoops, what do you got? I'm going to be honest with you. I um I forgot you were gonna do that, so come back to me. Okay, DP. <laughs> I forgot we agreed to do that. Ah, uh, so that's a uh, hard one. Me as well, because I need to figure that out real quick. All right, so I went Tylen Wallace one. I went um I went uh, Milton two actually after I, I debated back and forth, and then of course I went Rambo at three. Those are my three guys that I like right now as my top three. Uh, DP Stoops, when are you guys ready to? dive into this <laughs> no so of course Tyler Wallace is, is of yeah. course my number one um I did have Charleston Rambo at two uh, I really like Rambo uh I, I yeah. hopefully Spencer Spencer Rattler you know just gives him as many targets as possible this year yep. um, feed him the football Jalen Hurts he had an eye for CeeDee Lamb a little too much last year where he yeah. really missed on capitalizing on on a talent like Charleston Rambo and mm, number three, I'm not gonna lie to you. I really, I really like Double E, man. I really like Double E. I'm, I'm gonna put him at my third right now. Um, him and Milton are kind of battling it out for me, but I'm gonna go with Double E. Stoops. I, I, I have a thing about big top, big big receivers. Oh, oh man, don't even. I have I the thing. Big, my man. thing for my thing for quarterbacks is I like a six four six five guy, right? And it translates to the to the wide receiver position as well. Those two positions, running back, you can be four foot six. I really don't care as long as you can ball. It is what it is. Exactly. But for, for me, at the wide receiver quarterback position, man, I love a six four six five wide receiver with a big body and that red zone. Oh my god! It's just, yeah, man. Um, just watching them manhandle these short cornerbacks catching touchdowns jumping over the top of them. It's my favorite thing to watch. It's just well, like well, just consistently dunking on them. Uh, Stoops. Yeah, so definitely Tylen uh, Wallace. He's he's number one for me. Um, yeah, that was I, an easy I, one, right? That, that was, was easy. easy yeah. <laughs> um, for me, it is Rambo next, and then I think I'm going to throw in um, Eagles. I, I think Brennan Eagles just has that opportunity. Obviously, he to me, he's going to be the guy, right? Yeah. I think he's going to be the one that really fills in all those those vacant targets. Um, I think he's definitely going to slip into that. Another guy, and I'm not necessarily putting him in the top three, but Theo Weiss. I think he's a guy that needs to be talked about a little bit more. And again, this is my Texas bias coming in. Not not Texas college, but Texas, the, the state, right? So he went to Allen, um, and I actually went to one of their playoff games when they played – it was a Houston school. I, I don't remember which which school. But anyway, 
I went up to Waco and, and watched the the Allen game, and I'm just you're watching it right, and I didn't know who he was at that time, right? I'll, I'll be honest, I was I, I watched some high school games and I know some names, but I wasn't that in depth, and I'm just like, man, who is this? Well, the guy behind us was like, oh, that's Theo East, he's going to Oklahoma, and I was like, all right. So then I really started to to look more, but he was just on the field. My goodness, he was, and it's high school, right? We we say this all the time. When you're that top of, because he was, I think, the number two or three receiver coming out in his class. So, I mean, when you're that level of a prospect, like you're going to just look absurdly good in high school. But it was just the things that he was able to do. And then even this last season, he had some quiet numbers, right? He didn't do a whole lot on the field. I mean, C.D. Lamb took, what, 99% of the targets, you know, rightfully yep. so. But it's just one of those where I think Theo Weiss, especially with um, with Hasselwood, you know, with his injury, I think Weiss is going to jump in and basically be that number two guy. And I think we're going to really see his true abilities. Um, it's just going to come down to chemistry, you know, with Rattler. I think that's that's going to be a big thing. But Theo Weiss is definitely someone to keep an eye on. But, yeah, I would go um, Wallace, Rambo, and uh, Eagles. DP, where can we find you, man? Give us some plugs. Ah, uh, man, listen. On Twitter, DP underscore NFL. Of course, um, like I said, on iTunes, you know, uh, or Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, all the pretty much your main podcasting sites. You can find us on, on the Clock NFL Draft Podcast with me, my co-host Shannon uh, Finch, and my, my boy uh, Eugene Holt. Uh, we just did an episode the other night talking about, of course, with the climate of everything that's going on, should uh, black high school athletes and football players, most specifically football players, spur the NCAA and uh, with the big time power five schools and go to more HBCUs, um, which was a, a very interesting and, and passionate conversation. Um, Cause it's something that, that should be thought that to me, you know, to us should be thought about. Um, and then of course, where right now we're ranking, uh, we just did the AFC West. We're ranking pretty much all, all divisions. We're going through every team in each division and ranking them post draft, how well they did in the draft. And, um, we're looking at their roster going into the 2020 season. Uh, so, yeah, definitely check us out, like I said, especially on uh, Apple Podcasts. Tune in. We, we uh, record once a week. Perfect, perfect. Give Stoops a follow on Twitter at Stoops1990. Give myself a follow at Ricky Villar underscore. Uh, head on over and also follow the show at the Debbie Delight. Uh, there's my. Oh, there it is. There's there's the cat right there. Uh, nice. Making a little appearance at the end of the show here. <laughs> but, folks, yeah, do us a favor. You know, subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, I've got a big announcement coming here in a few weeks. Um, just a little bit of a spoiler there. Um, I'm pretty excited about it. It's going to be some, some good stuff moving forward. But until next time, we'll talk to you guys later. See you all later. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.